Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, listeners of Join Java Podcast. This is Pastor Brian. I'm with Pastor Kristen Alligan. How are you doing, Kristen? Hey, I am doing pretty good. I'm hanging in here, and God is good. And Right? Yeah. And we've yeah, had some yeah. sunny days here in Northeast oh, Ohio. The weather's so nice. been a little warmer. Yeah. It's been yeah. fantastic. It's a little overcast yeah. today, but still warmer. Had a beautiful sunrise today. I remember... This morning, I called my daughter into our bedroom to look out at our our bedroom window faces east, and it was just nice. good. And she came in. We just had a little father's daughter moment. Just oh, look at God's <laughs> wonderful creation. It's nice. When yeah, you those things. So oh, that's lovely. Yeah, sunny day this time of year is uh, it really keeps us all going for quite a while. It really it's very does. good. Yeah, and it's been a little yeah. warmer too. So we had a yeah, wonderful time. 50s. Oh Weird. my gosh. Yeah. We we had a wonderful time after the kids got off the bus yesterday being out in our front driveway. Our neighbor came over and we were my son and I were playing pickleball a little bit and <laughs> the dogs were running around and they oh, played with fun. the neighbor's kids too for a little bit. It just a That's great, nice. Makes everybody us, sleeps good too then, right? All that right. outside air. Yeah, they really went nice. to bed real nice last night. <laughs> So anyway, that's not what people are here to hear about. No, but I doubt uh, it. I doubt it's it. Our yeah. podcast, Kristen. So we'll. It's we'll, true. <laughs> we've talked about snowblowers to no end. <laughs> we've ca- talked about the algae in your pool <sighs> over and over again last summer. So yeah, we're yeah. praying for no algae. Okay, join us, podcast listeners. Pray for no algae in this pool. So. I have to say, at the moment, to be honest, you reap what you sow, and our pool is a hot mess. We did not get to closing it the way we should have this year. Mm. So, uh, yeah, we're kind of dreading that at the moment. But anyway, well, <laughs> we'll we'll see how it goes. We'll, we'll pray for we'll pray for the peace that transcends all understanding Amen. in your life That's regarding a your prayer pool. that never fails right (laughs) always welcome yes 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 (laughs) hey we're in we're in philippian kids we're in oh geez we're in philippians kids and uh we're having a good time already as a church both deborah house and whitmer house um this is just such a great passage great kind of change of pace we kind of talked about that last week a little bit as well and just some encouraging stuff some new things to think about perhaps for some of us too in reading through the epistles uh, with a fresh perspective, Kristen. It's been really good for me. And I shared this at Deborah House. I think I did in particular uh, this past Sunday, but uh, it's been good for me to read through the epistles and not just apply them to my own individual life, but to view them in the context of community. And uh, so we've been talking about that a lot. So even before we dive into this, uh, certainly there's things we need to apply to our own individual lives. But also just keep in, keep keep in mind that let's let's view this from the point of view of a community as well, and what this means for our community, and not just our church community. It starts there, but it's also our broader community how we can impact that around us. So. Yeah, I think that's a really uh, good application, given that what's at stake here, a lot of it is, you know, this is a very Roman city, even though it's, uh, you know, been conquered by Rome. But um, and so the the question of 
who are you going to follow? Your the Roman culture, mm-hmm. your Roman citizenship, or are you going to be in alignment with your faith, with Jesus? And and how does that work? And how do we, you know, interact with those things? So and that you know, a lot of that has to do with community, has to do with what are the cultural standards, what are the expectations. So, yeah, it's a great way to to be thinking about this. Very good. Well, shall we dive into this and uh, read this? Is that a is that a good enough kind of review, or do you have something yeah, else the, you want? The only other thing I would say is just uh, just as a quick reminder, uh, Paul planted this church. He is now in prison in Rome, and he is writing from that uh, viewpoint. So I think mm-hmm. that's enough. Yeah. All right. Let's let's read this then. We're reading first our first Philippians. Philippians one. <laughs> starting in Everybody ver- look for first Philippians. <laughs> you know, oh my goodness. I, I this is really bad when you're teaching, when you go to the verse that you are and you're like this it's got nothing to do with where I was going, and then right? you realize, oh I'm in I'm in the wrong chapter or the wrong book. Yeah, or but you, you wrote down a verse that yeah. doesn't even exist. Oh, yeah, like, that's true too. There's only twenty <laughs> verses and you've written verse twenty-five. Of chapter, whatever, you know. Panic moment. I I know a guy who did that once or twice. (laughs) Holy Spirit, redeem this offering. Right. Well, I guess we're going to talk about David and Goliath today. (laughs) You know me, I'd probably come up with some segue. It'd be bizarre, but I'd get me back there, right? Yeah. (laughs) First, oh, I did it again. Philippians 1, 12. We said we were going to have fun, so we're having fun. We did, yes. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far, but it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain, and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith so that through my being with you again, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. Yeah, this is an amazing passage as I was sitting with this before we started today, because 
you know, Paul is basically giving an update on his circumstances, right? He's he's greeted them, and now he's like, okay, here's what's going on. But he's not just giving them an update. He is telling them from from a God sight perspective of what I think God is doing. Here's how I am viewing my circumstances. And I started to think, how often am I thinking that way? <laughs> how often when I'm giving an update about something that is not good, am I thinking about what is God's perspective? You know, so he starts right in with saying, you know, he, his life is in danger. He's in chains. But he says right off the bat, this has served to advance the gospel. Mm -hmm. The whole palace guard and everyone else knows that I'm in chains for Christ. And because of this, it is encouraging other people to be more um, bold with their proclamation. And I was like, wow, like what a framing of I'm in prison and I might be executed. Right. Right. (laughs) You know, (laughs) it's it's um, it's just a great. A great inspiration oh, to me, you super, know. Super challenging in yeah. a in in a really great way. Not challenging like you know, oh, you know, it, it doesn't hurt too much, but it's like, uh, man, if he can rejoice in this and he can see that he's still on mission and he's still got a purpose, and even though it looks way different than it he would have chosen for it to look, he still is following after Christ. He still is finding joy. He's still, well, he's rejoicing in the fact that the gospel is moving forward and advancing. Um, And I think that that can be the difference sometimes for us, Kristen. And and I'm just going to speak for myself. Sometimes something can happen, even not, let's just say not even tragically, okay? Not Nothing traumatic, just frustrating. My schedule gets changed. I have to run here unexpectedly or I have to be inconvenienced for whatever, you know. Um, now, it's not prison. I'm not necessarily telling people about Jesus as to why, okay, so there's where this distinction is a little bit hazy here, but um, we can often let the littlest things throw us off our game. But if we have the understanding that we're always on mission, that we're that God is always working in every day, every circumstance is an opportunity to show people who Jesus is by how we respond to these things and how we continue to love and serve and you know figure out what does joy look like in this moment. It's not that we're joyful about hardship or hurting or trauma or anything. No, of course not. It's just that we have joy in that the Lord is loves us and cares for us and will push us through all these things. So, and is it's sovereign, remarkable. right? Yeah, and and is a redeemer and can work. I mean, it's making me think of Joseph, right? Like, mm. you know, <laughs> Satan meant this for evil, but God meant it for good and for the you know um, salvation of many people, yeah. right? And um, I know for me. It's amazing the power of a mind shift change. I can go from being so discouraged when I can catch just a little bit of spiritual imagination or sometimes God actually points out like, hey, I might be doing this or I am doing this or, uh, you know, send somebody else to encourage me. Like, man, like it can shift everything because I think when you feel like suffering is not pointless. Mm-hmm. When you, 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 I'm fully willing to work for things that I think are important. 
which is suffering. <laughs> so, so when I can start to get a grip on, okay, this suffering can bring fruit, um, even if I don't know exactly how that's going to work out, it, it it allows me to have that hope and that peace and the joy in the midst of yeah. what can sometimes be small or really big things. You know, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. I think yeah. also we sometimes we really seek we're avoiding pain like crazy. <laughs> and so I think yeah. sometimes in our culture, when it comes upon us, whether it's unexpected or even a slow, we see it kind of, there's nothing we can do about it. Uh, we tend to focus on the pain aspect and the avoidance of pain. And if we just get that mindset, if we can somehow live in that, that, it's all over scripture that people that have followed the way that have had faith in God do suffer from time to time. And if we can just not, not be so surprised by that, I guess is what I'm trying to encourage people with Kristen. Yeah. And again, it's not that you don't ever have moments or you don't ever, you know, have to have to have a brother or sister come and encourage you and get you you know, understand, Hey, you are going to make this through this, you know, it's going to be fine. You can, you know, um, God's grace is sufficient and you can have joy. Here's the good things happening in your life. Um, I just, I think we, we oftentimes just become so individualistic in our pain that in, we cry out to God, remove it, bring me through it, all that good stuff, pray that, but also Lord God, how, how can I glorify you in this? How can, who is watching me that needs to know that you're a good God and that you're worth following? I think we just need a little bit of that infused into our just mentality and thinking to help us through stuff like this. Yeah. And I think the I would also add um, just that sense of that God is with me in that pain. Even if I can't That's see true. where yeah. he's mm-hmm. redeeming it. Um, you know, I know for me, when I went through a season of just not having the health to function at all, um, it was hard for me to see any kind of redemption out of that. Um, and you know, like you said, I think, especially as Americans, we have this sense of, we have the right to not suffer, to not Mm -hmm. be sick, to not, to have the money we need. Like we, we just expect that. Whereas in other parts of the world, they expect suffering. That's just, yeah. you know, and so we're kind of spoiled in the in that. And I think it also messes with our theology because I know when I was so sick, there was a wrestling with, okay, I believe in a God that can heal, but he's not healing me right now. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean? You're right. Does that mean, you know, I had to really wrestle with that. And I think in the end, what really comforted me was knowing that he was with me and I could still trust him um, even in the midst of all of the questions and the suffering and the not knowing yeah. how it was going to turn out. Um, and I think that that realization is what then allows you to glorify him, right? Like mm-hmm. that's what allows you to be like, okay, you know, he's still good, even though <laughs> even though I'm not seeing the evidence in the ways I would like yeah. at this point, you know? And I think it's important. We I think we talked about this in both house churches, the importance of his example to the people in Philippi, the church in Philippi yeah. in particular, because 
the commentary I read, Kristen, said that some of these believers actually saw Paul beaten and taken away to prison. Yeah, most so, certainly, yeah. You know, we talked about how, um, you know, the Jews have their place within uh, the Roman way of life. They've allowed them certain certain things that they can do to worship freely as long as they pay tax, as long as they don't say anything against uh, I almost said Hitler. That's ridiculous. Caesar. <laughs> and, uh, um, you know, but here come the Christians. And they're saying some very specific things about who Caesar is not. Cool. You know, they're also told to try to live at peace as much as you can to pay taxes given to Caesar what is Caesar's. Yeah. yeah. But there's a lot more and the Jews are stirring up trouble for the Christians, too, frankly. Um, with how they yep. went after Jesus. So that didn't help. So here are these Christians in Philippi, this Roman colony, this um, kind of place that they're establishing something, hoping to expand further. And here are these Christians living in the middle here going, oh my gosh, our lives, this could happen to us. Yeah. So right. it's very right. impacting to them. There, This is a shift for them where they've got to make sure they're really, they really want to follow Jesus. And Paul is encouraging yeah. in, them in that. Yeah, absolutely. And don't you think there is something to that? I think it's part of why we, it's a, it's a, a side fruit of the fact that we're made for community, that when you see somebody else take out, step out and take a risk mm -hmm. or, um, you know, do something that that might put you beyond your comfort zone, like take care of somebody or, you know, I don't know, any number of yeah. things. It does like stir up in you like, oh, maybe I, could I do that? You know, like maybe I could do that. And, and so I think that that's um that's a natural outgrowth of living in community. And that's part of why it's so important for us to be together, you know? Yeah. 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 Feed off each other's energy. And then Kristen, there's this awkward passage and I really loved how Aaron kind of walked us through this a little bit in uh, verse 15 through uh, 18. I guess it's 18, right? Like yeah. so, some of us, especially if we, are very traditional in nature or whatever would say, how can it be good that these people that have false motives, how can it be good that the gospel is being preached if they have false motives, right? Yeah. What can now, now it's interesting. And he's not saying they're teaching anything wrong. And maybe that's yeah. why he's not in opposition to them. Like he was, with the Galatians, the the yeah. Judaizers that came along, saying they had to be circumcised in order which to, which he's going to warn about again later in right. Philippians. But yeah, exactly. But, so there, so that's a that's kind of a difference to think about. He's not saying they're Ooh. teaching anything necessarily untrue, but the motives behind them is to stir up yeah. trouble for Paul. Um, but he's saying actually. <laughs> They, they must be preaching close enough to the true gospel that he's saying this is actually beneficial because more people are hearing this. Um, so just, I don't know, just interesting. Yeah, I thought that was interesting too. And I, I hadn't really thought about it 
as kind of a power vacuum, but that is kind of what's going on, right? Their leader has been arrested. And so some people are picking up the torch in the right way, right yep. motives, mm-hmm. right? And other people are like, ooh, there's an opportunity here. It's my turn. <laughs> Exactly. And I just love uh, how God (laughs) is way bigger than people and our weird motives and uh, a redeemer and can work with even people who are preaching for selfish motives. Right. It's and, you know, we um, we talked about that, like when I studied church history last semester, that was kind of what I walked away with is that we get involved and we mess it up over and over and over. Mm -hmm. And therefore in some ways God must be at work because otherwise this would have all collapsed in on itself nine times over. Right. Mm -hmm. Because we keep getting off the track, you know, and God's like, that's all right. I can, you know, I'll work with that. I'll redeem what I can out of it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think we've all, we've all, um, as we watch other churches, other leaders, other Christians, this to me is a helpful passage because they are going to do things that I don't agree with because they're yeah. different parts of the sure. body. They're different parts of their growth. And I just need to be careful that I'm not sacrificing unity over my um, yeah. my opinions, my preferences. Is it really necessary or can I just say, God bless you? You're pretty, you know, like, um, it may not mean that I work with you, but that, you know, yeah. like you're preaching Christ and go for it, you know? Right. And some of that fall in what you're saying is if some of that falls into difference of styles and just basic approaches of, of how we teach, how we preach, how we worship, all that stuff. And yeah, it, you know, it may be some people love, let's just take an easy target here. Love the you know, really energetic, inspirational type of preaching. And others yeah. really want much more context and historical background. Yeah. Not that you can't have that in the inspirational, right. energetic preaching, but some people just like, they love the whole idea of kind of being taught almost as if by a professor, you know, in a teaching yeah. situation yeah. where they're they're getting into the nitty gritty and learning all these side things that help highlight and help enlighten and help just make it all come alive. And again, the other way can do that too in different ways, but that's a preference. If it's all pointing to Jesus and the gospel is really being preached, then I think as Christians, we need to be careful not to be so judgmental when we see something that's just not our style and to praise God that the gospel is being preached. Now, if they're preaching something contrary, to that, then that's a different story. Even then, we need to approach it from gentleness and grace. And yep. we need to work that out because unity is really important um, yeah. in in the body. And we're going to yeah. see that, too, as we continue to read through Philippians. Well, and I love this, too, because I feel like Paul is more interested in the body of believers than he is in these preachers. Mm-hmm. And he's like, look, if people are coming to Jesus... And that guy preaching is actually about building his, you know, his, his church up really big. He's like, but they're still coming to Jesus, right? Like, you know what I mean? So like, I, I, um, I love his, his encouragement to them too, to like, don't get distracted by that. Right. Don't, don't lose sleep over that. God's still at work. Let's, yeah. Yeah. 
Well, and then he says, "Let's rejoice some more." Yeah, <laughs> Paul's into rejoicing, isn't he? It's he a little is. irritating. No, I'm just kidding. Which is um, what you'd expect from someone in prison, for sure. Exactly. Right? Yeah, he's been beaten. <laughs> I mean, how Waiting could he to see if he's going to be executed? Of course, he'd be rejoicing. <laughs> I, I, so, so we kind of get into this next part of this then. Uh, and he acknowledges, I mean, there's the rejoicing piece, but he says, I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. Uh, man, again, I, I don't think we need to harp on it too much, but if we could just live Wait, in that mentality. Wait, I think so, though. Okay. I read that today, what and I was like, say? that's shocking. He is in chains. Mm -hmm. He may be executed. What is yeah. he talking about work out for his deliverance? I yeah. don't think that he's saying I'm obviously going to be released and the suffering will be over and mm -hmm. everything will be good. Mm -hmm. Right. Sure, he, yeah. he, I mean, and that, when you read that, you're like, wait a minute, that's not what he's saying. Yeah. What he's saying is that God is going to redeem this in such a beautiful way that, that, that is the deliverance. The deliverance mm -hmm. isn't Paul, a free man, Nest, right. You know, maybe, maybe not, but that's not what Paul's getting at, which that's I, good. I love what he's really saying is that, you know, I will be faithful. I'm, I am assuming, you know, cause he keeps going on. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed and have sufficient courage so that now is us always Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or death. That's the deliverance. Mm -hmm. The deliverance is that Paul is living by kingdom values in the midst of opposition. And he's kingdom like, whatever, values. right? Yeah. He's like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a citizen of God's kingdom. And w whether they kill me that I'm with, which is we're going to get into, then I'm with Christ. Right. Or whether they don't, as long as I am living according to Jesus, it's all deliverance. I, I, yeah. I That just struck me this morning. I was really kind of blown away by that. That is incredible. And especially when we push aside our culture here in the States, mm -hmm. our, you know, we stand up for our rights, uh, all that stuff, fight against it, tooth and nail, uh, vote against it, all that stuff. And we're shocked by what we see in the rest of the world. And we just, we're just blessed, Kristen. We are yeah. so blessed. Excuse me. And, for Paul to say, to, to kind of conclude that sentiment for, to me, to live as Christ and to die as gain, oh. just, it, and we talked about it a little bit at Deborah house as we had a, a young lady ask a question about what does that even mean? You know, and it's such, I'm glad she asked it because yeah, I think we can, this is a passage that gets thrown around a lot. And yeah. I think it gets thrown a lot, unfortunately, by a bunch of people who really don't know what it is to suffer or have no yeah. risk of dying for the faith. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think it is hard to understand. But for me, it seems like, you know, to live as Christ is Christ. Gave, we, we know and we're going to read further, especially in uh, next week's passage, that Christ emptied himself for us. And. He gave, uh, uh, he lived sacrificially. He served us. He loved us. It was for our benefit. So to live as Christ is, that that's for us is we're, we're going to live like Christ for the benefit of others. That's what Paul is saying. I, I'm, I'm okay. Well, 
in essence, he's saying, I'm okay with being in prison if it means the right. gospel advances and it encourages right. you. Okay. Right. He's saying it's it's also it's far better if I die because I get to go be with Jesus. Like, you know, there's right. something better right. for me and, and no pain, no tears, you know, all those. Yeah. I don't have to right. worry about this stuff. But he's saying, so to live as Christ, to live sacrificially as Christ did, to love and serve as Christ did, and to die as the gain is, of course, you know, we get the benefit of eternity with Jesus, um, where all those sorrows are wiped away, where all everything is, you know, just constant worship of yeah. Christ, eternal joy and satisfaction and love and all that stuff. And so it's kind of, he's saying, he's drawing a, he's drawing a conclusion for us that we need to change, at least this is for us today, Kristen, we need to change our perspective of what it means to live for Christ and what it means to die is to gain. We need to make sure that we actually truly view both as valuable and important. You know what I'm saying? Because honestly, we can say um, this statement, but a lot of us, kind of hope God just blows up the world and we can go be with Jesus. You know what I mean? Like, just take it all yeah. away now. And so yeah. Paul is saying, no. He said, if that happens, good, it's good. But also, I am I am willing to live in the fact that I might have to suffer more for the sake of the gospel, and that is worth suffering for. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm thinking, Brian, um, Anytime you have someone who's training you in something, whether it's kids with parents or on a job, that moment comes when they say, okay, now you do it. And it may be hard. It may be a challenge, but like, there's such a, you're like, oh yeah, I get to do it. I get to, I get to be the one. And that's what Paul is kind of saying. Like we say that Jesus is Lord <laughs> and he's saying, if I'm suffering and pouring out my life, whether that's in prison or not or whatever, um, if I'm emptying myself to serve others, that's me getting to be like Jesus. That I get to be Jesus with hands and feet in the world. And that is a profound privilege when I have the kingdom mindset, right? But that does mean that I have to do a lot of letting go of of other expectations you know the yeah. romans you know they had rights and they were living large in philippi it's a really rich city and you know um the you know romans had peace at the end of a sword but this is a roman city so they got a lot mm -hmm. of they're on the right side of the power you know there's a lot of security in that and by following Jesus, you they've sacrificed all that. Yeah. Oh. They've put themselves on the other side of that, right? But when we know what we're called into, when we know how good and beautiful God is and yeah. the we it's worth it's worth it. Um so that's kind of what's going through my mind is when he says, you know, it's to be Christ. It is kind of uh literally, you know, uh to live is Christ. Um, cause he lives in us and he, he's allowing us to, to participate in the work that he, he does in the world. Um, you know, you yeah, know what this no. reminds me of in a little way is, is I, I, I've been in a season and my family has of where our kids are getting older. They're starting to get involved in more extracurricular stuff. Okay. 
And honestly, for me and Devin too, I think uh, there's a level of anxiety with that. Like we feel like we're already fairly busy people. And then to throw like for the <laughs> yeah. sake of my son Brody baseball mm -hmm. into the mixed organized sports where a couple times a week at least we're probably going to be doing something with that. And they're in Cub Scouts and music stuff and all that stuff. There's a level of anxiety for me that I even encountered about an hour before we started recording this podcast where I'm just thinking I'm contacting another dad who's going to help us out with some skill assessment and practice for Brody ahead of time. And, <laughs> you know, all this stuff. And I'm just going, man, uh, am I going to just feel flustered? You know, God, like I, I started to allow the anxiety of the busyness mm. of everything and this new yeah. thing, too, that I don't know yeah. much about coming and how busy are we really going to be and what's this really yeah. going to mean how is this going to consume our lives more and uh it's just one of those things where in that moment as i realized i was letting anxiety come over me and and in that maybe a tinge of fear even yeah is uh just the peace of god saying hey you want to be in community right you want to know more people, right? You want to get into the community better. This is an open door. This is one way I'm going to use to allow you mm, to just mm. love and serve and impact yeah. and yeah. shine my light. And yeah, it might be busy for a season, but you'll get <laughs> to the rhythm. You'll find it, all that stuff, you know, and it just, the Lord yeah. just ministered to my heart. Uh, yeah. And sometimes Kristen, as parents, um, we sacrifice in ways that our kids really are never aware of until they have their own kids or they become adults and just understand life better. You know, that is very true. And, I think more than once I've apologized to my mom since my kids right? had kids, right? You're like, Oh wow. I had no idea mm -hmm. that that's what I was doing to you. Yeah. Now again, <laughs> you know? it's not prison. It's not being beaten like no, Paul was no. or anything uh, no, like that. So not. to be no. fair, but we do sacrifice in ways that we lay down our lives in ways that they may never really understand. Uh, you know, there might be things they never know we did for them um, uh, to keep them safe, to provide for them, um, you know, to protect them, whatever. And, uh, you know, we just need to love people like that. Yeah. <laughs> You know, we're not looking That's, for glory. This is this is where Christians get it wrong. We want to go out there and serve and love people, but we want glory. We want numbers. We want them to come to church. We want all this stuff. We've got to love people just like Christ did. And I don't I don't read any instance in the gospels, and correct me if I'm wrong, sister, where Jesus said, Why don't you come to temple with me? Is it there? No, I don't know if it I'm is. Aware of. No, although he is God, right? So, you know, and, and right. I, you know, he's like, <laughs> what would the point be? You know what I mean? <laughs> Go over there to my empty house where I used to be, you know, like. <laughs> but I'm, I'm just saying the the right. our, our mentality should be such to love and serve others. We do that for our kids. We lay yeah. down our lives for them. Uh, and that's a special thing, of course. But we need to have that mentality that, hey, we may never get the glory, the fame, the recognition. Um, Paul's in prison. This is a shameful thing. 
You know, we yeah. talked about Kristen right. with right. with Aaron just the other day and studying ahead a little bit. The cross was the, about the most shameful thing yes. in its day and age and still is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as we've learned, it's happening still in our day and age. Yeah. And so yeah. it was so shameful. Yet Christ did that for you and me. That's the type of love he had. And this is the type of love we should have for others. And the type of love we should have for God, too, that helps his love for us and our love for him just pushes and propels us through these times of suffering, these times of heartache, these times of fill in the blank, um, to where we just, you know, Lord, I love you so much, and I know you have good things. I know you've got a plan. I may not see it, but Lord, help me continue to live a life that shines your light as I go through this stuff. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. It's really good. You know, that was a thing long rant. A... I'm sorry. No, it we... was good. I I just started um, thinking about something that we talked a lot about in John when we're talking oh. about suffering in particular, um, of how touched I was to see the narratives of Jesus taking so much time to attend and be with people in their suffering and in their feelings, even when he knew he was going to fix it, like in Lazarus resurrection, right? He doesn't just rush by Mary and Martha to like, oh, don't worry, I'm just going to go raise him now. And they, you don't need to worry. You don't need to focus on your sorrow or your, let's just, right. you know, sweep it all under the rug. Right. Um, and that has become so precious to me because there are times in this world where we're in the middle of it and we don't see the redemption. We don't see the possibility. Some suffering doesn't get fixed this side mm -hmm. of, right. of, um, of life. And so um, the precious joy and hope that is, that we have by knowing that we have a God who doesn't stand back at a distance and say, you know, well, it's worth it. Go ahead and suffer. You know, like he's, he's in it with me. Um, and it pains him to see the brokenness and the suffering. Yeah. And I just really appreciate that. Um, Cause I think that's the thing you want most mm -hmm. when you're in a really hard place is to not be alone uh, yeah. and, and to know that he, that he is redeeming it, you know, like, and I love the end of this in 26, you know, um, Paul says, so that through my being with you again, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me, right? Yeah. That you're going to, that whatever God's going to do in the end, um, it's not about me or how well I suffered or whatever. It's, it's about, you know, seeing, oh, wow, there's, there's, there's another way, right? There's mm -hmm. another way to live. There's what's, what's different about you that you are not, broken by the suffering or you're not right. discouraged by that right um yeah. i think that's really good and uh, a good place i mean it's verse 26 so we're done anyways <laughs> but uh i you know just to encourage people as we kind of wrap yeah. this up is um god loves you and he takes care of his kids cool. and you are his beloved child and whatever you're going through uh, he knows the depth of your hurt, your sorrow, your pain, and uh, he is still with you. And you are not alone in that hurt and sorrow and pain. 
And so just know that today. And uh, we just encourage you, be in God's Word, be, read through these passages, and, and cling to scriptures that encourage you, and, excuse me, that bless you. And uh, just figure out what worship looks like for you too, whether it's reading God's Word, praying, meditating on the good things, actually playing music and singing out loud, raising or clapping your hands. Um, just figure out what worship is for you and do that and make God a part of your everyday life, maybe even moment by moment, the best you can in awareness that he is with you and uh, that, that you're not alone. And I'm telling you, he will sustain you and he will give you opportunities to um, love and serve and shine the light of Christ everywhere you go to everyone you meet. And in the end, whether it's this side of heaven or the other side of heaven, I believe you will see that it was all worth it. And man, what hope we have in Jesus. What yes. hope we have in Jesus. We thank you guys for listening today to a couple of pastors ramble on and uh, <laughs> talk at each right. other a little bit. We so appreciate your faithful listening. And uh, we just ask you to share this. Like, subscribe, share, write a review if your podcast platform lets you do that. I'll just help get the podcast out to more people. And also, we'd love to invite you to Pursuit Friends Network of House Churches. We have two amazing and energy-filled, joy of the Lord-filled house churches. Uh, Whitmer at House Church meets Sundays at 10. Deborah House Church meets Sundays at 6 p.m. And God's doing a new thing. He's really encouraging us uh, since the beginning of the year in particular. And God's just moving. And we just want to move with him. We just want to follow him and uh, go where he leads us and where he sends us. So would love to invite you to do that. If you'd love to give to Pursuit Friends, we would love it if you would too. Just go to PursuitFriends.org slash give, and you can give to the ministry and work that is happening here at Pursuit Friends Church. Until next time, we hope that you can walk in the peace of the Lord that transcends and surpasses all understanding. 